Hey everyone, this is Mariam. Hi everyone, this is Alicia. Hey guys, it's Jada. Hey, it's Karizma. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. This is, we just started this podcast. And the reason why we started Brownish is because we found that, um, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there um, that talk about minority issues. You know, there's podcasts talking about issues within the brown community, within the black community, within the Latinx community. And we wanted a space as women of color to be like, hey, let's all come together and let's all talk about what the issues between our own communities are. Um, growing up as a South Asian woman, um, I've seen with my own community how, you know, Indians and South, like other Asian, South Asians don't really, oh, don't really get along with um, other Asians or don't really get along with Black people. We all hold these prejudices around us. And I've seen I've seen people within my own community that are immigrants that discriminate against other immigrants. So I was like, wait, hold up. We need to talk about this because if we want equality, if we want our own rights, we need to be practicing what we preach. Um, I definitely agree. Like, I feel like if we don't respect one another, then how can we expect other people to respect us, you know? And it's also like an internal thing too, like looking into yourself and finding the things that you don't like, you know, you don't like the way people treat you doing this way. So don't inflict those things on other people as well. Like don't inflict your um, own insecurities or things like that of that nature. And just like loving each other as humans. Like I recently did a hackathon through Google Code Next and it was, we did our app on um, homelessness and it was just basically like targeting like, people who are high on like the social economical like aspect and they have all these things and they can share but they choose not to you know and because they're looking at these people as dirty or less than but it's like we're all human you know so like we all inhabit this earth together so why not if you see someone struggling and you have an extra room or something of that sort why wouldn't you want to give it to them why wouldn't your heart say oh, like, cry out for these people because we're all human, like, no matter the color of our skin or, like, where we stand economically. Yeah, and, like, especially when there's people of a higher social status and they're always complaining about, like, these people get no help, no one goes out of their way to help these people, but then you look at them and you say, you can do something about it, you know? You have the title you have the money you have the status you have everything that you could possibly you know do to help these people in need but you're not doing anything i used to tutor at a a place where that was run all by koreans and um being like the only south asian there surrounded by all these um like koreans it was like a different experience like for me growing up in a diverse community i didn't really mind like i didn't I was used to being in, in places where um, I was the only South Asian or being in uh, in a group of other minorities. Um, but one thing that really shocked me was like how much they didn't really know about my culture, but also like how much of the prejudices that like we all kind of or the stereotypes that we all held against each other unconsciously, consciously as well. Um, and like, for example, when it comes to like, Koreans or like East Asians um, to Indians, 
the colorism that's there. You know, they're like, oh, Indians are a little bit dark skinned, like, you know, like, uh, or Indian men aren't that good looking, but Indian women, some Indian women are good looking. Like, you know, like those type of things, those are the type of conversations that we would have. It would be really shocking to me because for me, I grew up have a somewhat of an idea of like what colonial type of beauty standards were. Like, you need to be a fair, you need to have uh, a thin nose, or you need to have like this Eurocentric beauty ideals. But I didn't know how internalized it was within minority communities. In every single minority community, I saw some like effect of it. And I think that really shocked me. And also within my own religious community, how black Muslims within my community didn't feel accepted because they were black. And uh, people basically were like, hey, like you, you don't belong here or something like that, which makes no sense because like for in terms of my religion, we're supposed to f- accept everyone. So for someone to say, hey, you're not accepted because you're uh, because of the color of your skin or because where you're from um, didn't really sit well with me. So that's the reason why I really wanted to talk about it on this podcast, because I feel like there's a lot that I can learn from others. I feel like there's a lot that I can share as well. Yeah, just adding on to that, it's like with my experiences, I've learned like I've also practiced those stereotypes as well, because not even like inflicting them onto someone negatively, but just in my own mind, like when you catch yourself thinking this way, it's important to stop yourself in your tracks and just like analyze the fact that stereotypes are meant to put people down you know they're meant to put people in a box and no one can be put in a box because we're all unique and we're all different so like um I actually work at a produce stand and working there it's like taught me so many different things about people and like I've seen people from all walks of life you know and I feel like the way that I've changed like my mindset due to experiences is like things that people should do like when you get out there and you get into the nitty-gritty and you actually talk to those people then it like disintegrates and dismantles all of the stereotypes because you're actually getting to know these people and gaining care gaining like how you feel about them you know so like learning that I feel like a solution kind of to that is just like learning who people actually are individually instead of trying to like analyze them as a group you know because when you analyze people as a group it like makes room for like misinterpretations and things like that Mm -hmm. and you mentioned something about how it's not that stereotypes are entirely untrue but they kind of tell an incomplete story Mm -hmm. I don't know I always thought that was kind of interesting because sometimes a lot of stereotypes are rooted in some type of fact but it doesn't always I mean it just I feel like, you know, in stereotypes in some shape or form are like somewhat true because, you know, they're based on people's assumptions of others or, you know, mm-hmm. they see of others. But it doesn't tell you if there. I feel like they're half truths. Right. They're not the complete truth. Like, I guess like a really common stereotype for Asians or Indians is that, oh, they're all like really smart, you know, like, although that's not like a, a negative stereotype necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do see a lot of, like, Indians and Asians within the tech field. They're really highly competitive people within their own community. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we all are the same in terms of characteristics. 
like when you see Indian people being played on TV, you see them as the nerdy ones, the socially awkward ones, the ones that you know can't get any, etc. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know, poor Indian guy from the Big Bang Theory yeah, didn't get exactly. a girlfriend until like the fifteenth or like the sixteenth season. Like he has like but but yeah. Yeah, and I feel like like oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Okay, so I feel like. Like, even though that's a positive stereotype, think about the people who are in the Indian community who aren't as good in technology or aren't as, like, mm-hmm. smart in school. It can make them feel like, well, am I not Indian enough or am I not good enough for my own culture? So I just feel as though, like, like you said, they're half-truths, you know? And I feel like when it comes to half-truths, it's, like, providing room for people to feel less than. And I don't like yeah. that, you know? Definitely. That's definitely something that I've experienced a lot because I've never really been a good student and it hasn't been until I've been able to like go to a community college and have had like more resources and I'm able to take like classes like within my own time that I'm actually like, you know, like enjoying like school. And I've always been like more on like the whitewashed like side too. So it's like if I don't have strong cultural ties and I'm not you know like academically like inclined like what really like makes me Indian at the end of the day right yeah do you guys remember Ravi from Jesse yes oh yeah the one it. with the perfect dragon <laughs> with like the, the little big... pet lizard yeah. yeah it was a Komodo dragon yeah I but yeah, like growing up, I would watch him, but watch, <laughs> watch Jesse, and um, you know, like he was the only Indian character that was on Disney, and yeah. seeing that was so like disheartening because, like, first of all, he's socially awkward, he's hecka smart, mm-hmm. uh, but he can't do shit. Like he can't play sports, <laughs> <laughs> he can't get a girl. He can't. Do that. <laughs> to be fair, he was. Well, that's so true. Like- <laughs> right. That lizard, right? That he carries around everywhere. And I was like, and no, like, legit, I was compared to that. People would be like, mm-hmm. um, are you, are all Indians like that? And I was like, no. Jesus Christ. Right. And I feel like, 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 when enterprises and networks, they, like, include that into their work, it helps kids, like, internalize that. Because mm-hmm. when I was in, like, when I was, like, 13 or 14, I went to this program and it was called Stanford Splash. So basically, yeah, so basically, like, as kids, you, like, take classes at Stanford for, like, a few weeks or so, and so I walked, I, like, thinking, like, I don't know, like, I didn't know how to internalize it until I got to the class, because I came in, and um, the guy, this guy opened the door for me, and he was, like, a tall, like, Indian dude, like, my age, and he was, like, real cute, and I was, like, oh, like, he was, like, (laughs) like, a catch, I was, like, okay, well, I never... (laughs) Like, I've never seen, like, a muscular, like, you know, like, real, like, appe- like appealing, attractive, like, Indian guy. And then I realized, like, that's so messed up that I had internalized that in my head that, like, all of them are, like, nerdy. Like, that's so rude. So then I, like, caught myself. Like I said, when once you catch yourself, it's kind of hard to revert back to the way you were thinking before because now you're analyzing it in a different way because mm-hmm. your perspective and, like, your experiences. So. It's really good that you caught that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think when we look beyond, or when we have instances like that, like that kind of challenge our presumptions, it's like a big shocking moment in a weird way. Like, for example, I've 
I had that like against um, East Asians, just like internalized, like mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, like yeah, the, exactly the shocking things. I had that same assumptions about East Asians. What other Asians told me, you know, like I was saying before, how like other Asians were like, oh, Indian women are pretty, but um, Indian guys like are not attractive. Mm-hmm. Like I had that, but against East Asians, where I was like, oh, I th- I think like Asian women are are attractive, but there's not that many like Asian men that are attractive. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until that I found like that I actually saw like attractive Asian. Right. Men, and I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah exactly like you know and then that's when I realized oh wait like I just expected them to all be a certain way or look a certain way and I was like and I think that was a big revealing moment for me because I was uh, I was like oh this is what other people think about my culture and my people Mm -hmm. and like me so I shouldn't hold that against other people exactly and then also once you figure things like that like out like it changes your like outlook of things because like before it was like oh yeah I only date black guys but now I'm like shoot because <laughs> like you know like it's not just what you're used to you have to like branch out and you have to get experiences to like change that you know mm-hmm. exactly like I think a lot of times we get that question well everyone gets this question I feel like it's like what's your type you know mm-hmm. like, what's your type and a lot of times like people give like a a race as an it like an example exactly as an answer like oh I'm only into black girls or I'm only into Indian girls or I'm only into like uh like white guys or something like that um and I feel like the more people that I've seen the more people that like I've met when people ask me that question now I'm like honestly I don't even have a type anymore because <laughs> right. like, whenever I just see someone I'm like you're attractive you know exactly and I'm really big on that too like I don't know I'm a real observer of like how people look and like how they act and how that correlates like I'm the type of person like some the smallest thing will make you cute to me like if you have like a birthmark on your nose and I think it's cute you're just automatically attracted Mm -hmm. to me like that's the type of person I am and then like once it's not just the looks too like the way you talk and the things you say like that has like played a big role into it too so I feel like once you observe when you're an observer and you like actually pay attention it's hard for you to say like I only like this certain type of people because like when you notice those things in other people then you it makes you attracted or you it makes you interested in them you know it's always disappointing when you like meet someone and you initially find them attractive but then you start to spend time with them and then like their personality is just like yeah. yeah I was having a conversation with someone and I think I asked him something like, do you think it's true that people who tend to be considered more like conventionally attractive don't always have the best personalities? And he said that he felt that if like, for example, you're maybe like considered like average, like on an aesthetic level, then you have like more more opportunities to like develop your personality and like find out like who you really are. And in like a sense, you're more passionate. But then if, like, someone, like, doesn't need to do that, if they're just, they can, like, breeze through life without, like, any issues, then. Yeah. They, like, fall flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I feel like a lot of attractive people that are, and I'm talking about people who are seen as attractive, like mm-hmm. all across the board. You know, like when some people find you attractive, but some people don't find you attractive. Yeah, like, I like, like guys like that. Like yeah. I really do. Like I don't want everyone to find you attractive. I just want. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're Michael Jordan, then <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm talking about like people kind of like Michael B. Jordan where like you know everyone finds them attractive like those Mm -hmm. type of people I feel like there is a some sort of like a like a privilege that comes with that because um I based on what I've seen because I have like I've seen people like that where sometimes things are handed to them Mm -hmm. that people have to kind of work for um and because they have that advantage um they don't realize some of the things that they have to develop within their own personality. And I think that's what happens most of the time when, when that thing comes where like, oh, attractive people don't really have, like when you get to know them, then they're not as attractive anymore because of their personality. Yeah. yeah. I think it's because they people have just handed it to them throughout their life. I honestly think that being like really conventionally attractive, it does come with a lot of drawbacks, mm-hmm. but it is like, also like a privilege in a sense. Yeah. Like I'm, I think I was reading somewhere that attractive people, they tend to be perceived as um, more good-natured and mm-hmm. honest and hardworking. As, what? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah like, crazy. it was like some sort of, like, study within the workplace about people who were rated more conventionally attractive compared to mm-hmm. people who had more of, like, an average rating. And mm-hmm. then they would get better feedback from, um, like, supervisory positions. Mm-hmm. And they wow. were considered more honest, more hardworking. You know, they would, like, take chances. Things like that. Yeah, because even think of, like, growing up, like, movies like High School Musical and, like, all those high school, cent- like, centered mu- movies. Like, the cute people always get, like, perks, like, from the lunch lady. When everyone else is getting slop, they get, like, real food, you know, or, yeah. like... In High School Musical, like, Sharpay gets a gourmet meal, like, with pink, like, trays and all this, so everyone else gets the regular lunch. So I feel like that's, like, internalized, too, and, like, the things that we grew up watching as kids and things like that, too. Mm -hmm. This might sound bad, but sometimes if I'm, like, maybe watching some sort of interview or reading an article and I hear, like, about the experiences of maybe an actor or an actress who was mm-hmm. talking about being a minority, but also being rewarded all of these great opportunities. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, like you see like how they look and how many people consider them like beautiful and or handsome. I just kind of wonder like, well, the reason like why you got those opportunities in the first place was because of something as like simple as your looks. Like you don't really mm-hmm. have any control of that. You just yeah. like practically like won the genetic lottery. Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you guys know who Rita Moreno's? She sounds familiar. She's on um, one, one Day at a Time. Yeah, she's the grandma at in One Day at a Time. Um, it's a show on Netflix. Um, she used to be like a really famous actress, like I believe in like the seventies ish. She even dated Elvis. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I heard he was a jerk in real life, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard too. 
so she released her book recently and she did like an event here in the Bay Area. Um, and I went to it and she was speaking about like her entire life and she's a child of immigrants. And basically she was just telling us how she was the only like Latina in the industry that she knew of. And because she was the only one woman of color in the industry at that time, she did get a, get a lot of perks in the sense where like, you know, she's a track of pretty and how she, you know, because she was pretty, she got the opportunity in the first place. But then also she had to play every single role. Like, like she had to play the role of the Native American. She had to play the role of the Indian. She had to play the role of like, I mean, that's because of the racism at that time. Like, you know, but like what was going through my mind was that she was able to break across so many of these barriers that and these uh, get all these opportunities that weren't previously av- available to people of color because she was attractive, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, she had these perks. So when I was thinking about it, and I'm like, well, if it was another person that wanted to be an actress and that wasn't as pretty or or unconventionally like beautiful, or like everyone thinks they're beautiful, mm-hmm. then they wouldn't get those opportunities. And I feel like that's that's changing now because we definitely see more act- actors and actresses that are that don't really meet societal beauty standards necessarily like they're not unconventionally like beautiful you're like a greek god or something like that you know (laughs) and i'm so grateful for that and i feel like things are definitely changing but like that's what her story like really reminded me of of how she was one of the first women because she had that those opportunities to her right and i think the key is to like when you're put in the position where like you're like the token whatever person mm-hmm. for your culture or other cultures is to bring those people in like once you make it and mm-hmm. you get up there and you get connections you're like hey let's look into this person who may not necessarily meet the standards but mm-hmm. since you recommended them they might get some leverage as well and then as people get up I feel like you should turn around and pick your neighbor up or whoever so that they like can reach the heights that you're reaching and then as time goes on then everyone can be accepted in the society because once people see you on tv and once they see you in movies it's like oh my god you look like me you know mm-hmm. so then I feel like as that goes on it's like if people continue to like help one another instead of like being greedy and oh I'm up here so now I'm just gonna close the door like open that door for people below you because you never know who may- they might reach and like I think that especially when it comes to like you know actors and actresses of mm-hmm. color and you know now it's better than what it was before how they're just like there's more and more of them so when you turn on the TV and you see someone with the same color as you are you're like oh hey you know let me go show my mom because my mom didn't grow up watching this or my grandmother because my grandmother was watching black and white movies with like with like a bunch of white women and white men and stuff like that. So I think it's like better, especially if like how Jada was saying, to open the doors for others so they could carry on the legacy that you made for colored people. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, we were talking about like pride and stuff, like how um like cultural pride or pride as in like happy pride month guys. Um both actually <laughs> i think like yeah. mostly like hat like pride month um <laughs> talking about like straight pride 
talk about. Yeah. It's almost interesting if, like, whenever, like, someone, like, comes up to me and they'll say something like, you know, I find Indian women, like, so beautiful. And then they'll be, like, exactly. Yeah. Or, like, I only try to date Indian women. And it's, like, whoa. Like, that's not a compliment. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, like, kind of like a compliment. But then sometimes it can also, like, feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I remember I was having, like, a conversation with a friend. And he told me about... Well, he's Middle Eastern, and he told me that, like, growing up, he would, like, feel, like, more, like, connected towards, like, South Asian girls, because he kind of, like, you know, like, resonated, like, his um, internal cultural identity with that. And so Mm -hmm. then I could kind of see, like, why, like, he would maybe, like, have, like, a tendency to find, like, South Asian, like, women more attractive. And then, like... Another day, I was, like, sitting in, like, a Starbucks, and I was, like, having a conversation with this guy, and he was, like, just talking to me about how he, like, finds, like, Indian women, like, so beautiful. And I was, like, kind of flattered, but then I was, yeah. like, is this, like, is this too weird? Right. It feels a little weird. You gotta be, like, does this, does that mean you discriminate against people who aren't Indian women? <laughs> and, like, other women who aren't, don't fit this criteria, are you, like, discriminatory against them, or are you just, like, we were, like, you know, like, are you just... Celebrating, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like in both of those experiences, they both seem like appreciative of like Indian culture and maybe like the values those Indian women had, mm-hmm. like when they were dating them. Because you know they would maybe be more like centered on family or like long term commitment. Which isn't to say like all Indian women are the same when it comes to expectations for relationships. But I wanted to ask all of you input on a question that I had. So do you think if someone wants to exclusively date within their race or their cultural background, that that is discriminatory in a way? That's a hard one. I don't. In a way, it's discriminatory, I feel like. But then in a way, it's not. Because I feel like when you say I only date this certain type of person, it's based off of like external looks because there's like you know there's no way that like everyone in this culture acts the same or has the same personality so there's I feel like there's no other way you could go about it besides like a religious standpoint or like an external outlook and like standpoint because like you know like you can say like I only like this person because they look this way or I only like this person because or I only date this type of person because they're like Christian or they're Muslim or whatever but like what about you know, like, them as a person, like, when you talk to them and things like that, so I feel like that's so, like, in, like, in an adequate way to, like, choose your partner, I guess, because it's, like, it's a lottery, you know, like, they could be, they can fit how you like your person to look, like, externally, and they can fit, like, this, but, like, what about the other things? Mm -hmm. I agree with that, and I also feel like a lot of it is also, it could be discriminatory, but there's some ways it could be discriminatory and there's some ways it can't. Like, for example, um, I've heard of people where, I mean, this is in terms of marriage, but they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll only marry someone if they're from my culture or right. Muslim or something like that. And that part I kind of understand because they're saying it in the way where they want to marry someone who shares the same beliefs or values as them because they hold it so dear to themselves. And they're like, oh, if I marry someone within my own culture, then they'll understand where I'm coming from in terms of like the struggles that I have to go through, even in the small things like the food and the cult, like, you know, the dance and like 
like all of it like comes a part of the culture so if you marry someone within the culture then they have an, an understanding of that yeah i understand that where people are so in tune with their culture and they want to they want a partner who is is like that as well um i mean of course that's not a guarantee that you'll find someone that's yeah. perfect for you within the culture okay. like, i'm not saying that either but i understand that viewpoint where it gets tricky for me is i have met people where they're like i will only exclusively date this race because i find only them attractive and that's where i kind of have a problem because like you know like when people like kind of like what we're talking about with the lgbtq community like when people are like oh i only like white guys like Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like like when someone says that they're like holding back like in a sense because a lot of the time like finding someone attractive is, like, something that you can't control. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, like, it can be, like, a purely, like, aesthetic thing. So if, like, someone hypothetically says something like, oh, I just, I don't, like, tend to find, like, Black people attractive, then it's, like, well, you have to ask yourself, why are you saying that in the first place? Because there's right. just such diversity in something as simple within the Black community. Like, so many vari- variations in, like, skin tone, like, facial structure, like, body types. Mm-hmm. So then why would you say something like you don't find something as like broad as the black community like attractive or you can't exactly. find yeah. that community attractive? Exactly. Like I saw this one video of this guy from the UK where he's like this white dude from the UK and he was in a group with like other women of color. And he was like, oh, I will. I don't think um, colored girls are. Th- that's the word he used, actually. Oh, so, gosh. I know. Was it just like a bunch of like brown women like hanging out, and then he like comes right. up, like yeah. you know I don't find you guys attractive, and then he like no, leaves. they were having a conversation, and the girl, the girl, one of the girls was like, like who do you like? What's your type? Like who do you think is attractive? And he was like, oh, I don't think like colored girls are attractive. Like I'm like white girls, and I was like, oh my god. I mean that's like interesting. I hate the word colored and blacks. Like those two words just make me cringe. Like oh yeah, my gosh. So, <laughs> like for me, it's kind of like. When someone says, like, the Jews, it's, like, mm-hmm. it, it, like, there's, yeah. like, an internal, like, part of me that just, like, cringes. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a difference between saying, like, the Jewish people and then, like, the Jews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like yeah. the Jews makes me think of, like, negative connotation, like, mm-hmm. discrimination yeah. automatically. And you say the Jews. It's, like, what do you have against it? Like, to yeah, like <laughs> using, like, a slur with their own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, when people say, you know, like, the common phrase nowadays is, like, people of color or women of color. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that's the terms that we use. But when people say, like, colored people, then that's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say <laughs> Jim Crow. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have heard somewhere that, like, I think in, like, the UK, like, colored people is actually considered, like, the respectable term. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's probably oh. why you used it then. Yeah. Oh. I think that the problem that comes with saying things like oh i don't like brown girls or i don't like black girls just categorizing people in general and saying i don't like that group is that for that person who's a part of that group that you don't like necessarily it makes them feel like there's something inherently wrong with them that being brown or being black or whatever it is that means that they aren't beautiful and it's something that they can't control 
Thanks for listening to the first episode of Brownish. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on Anchor and Spotify and let us know what you think. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under the Brownish Podcast. See you soon.